They're coming to get you, Barbara. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I have never seen Night of the Living Dead by the great, the late, he died four years ago, George A. Romero. Icon. And yes, it's graphic. But it's a classic. And so we're ha- we're two days away from Halloween, aren't we? Such an iconic moment. So iconic. I we did a candy house and it looked well we're in California, so it looked like one big earthquake candy house. But here we go. Johnny, you're still afraid. Stop it now, I mean it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant. They're coming for you. And they did. <laughs> Upon watching it, sometimes I, I, I don't know. Maybe I was hungry. <laughs> That's why I ate the candy house. But I was watching Night of the Living Dead. And yeah, just crazy. I mean, I did say something. I did say, oh, it looks like they're eating chicken. But that's just me being silly. Very silly. Oh, my God. It's been a crazy couple of days. And here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I've just been biding my time as the wicked witch would say <laughs> thinking of all these spirits these wonderful spirits i don't think i've ever seen a ghost i can sense them and i and i know that for sure and i was trying to watch the ghost hunters and a little of that is rinky dink in my opinion because I, you know, ghosts are aware of, oh, there's a camera on me, just like people. Think about it. Think about it. That energy, it's very, it's very present. I've said this before. It's like if you were to walk on that stage where they film Golden Girls, their energy is still there. And you cannot, you can't dismantle that energy it will forever be there just as the audience the energy of the audience will always be there takes me back to the shining and um scatman carruthers oh my god that is such an iconic film despite the fact that stephen king doesn't like the film and i can understand why i can understand why And as I say that, it's like, let's visit that. Ever opening our mouths. She called it shiny. And for a long time, I thought it was just the two of us that had to shine to us. Just like you probably thought you was the only one. But the all other folks, though mostly they don't know it or don't believe it. How long have you been able to do it? Why don't you want to talk about it?
I'm not supposed to. Who says you ain't supposed to? Tony. Who's Tony? So this this is a night. This is as a film podcast I celebrate these different stories. And I want to do I want to dive deeper into Night of the Living Dead. Because there's a lot going on within that and the behind the scenes of the actors. And how George A. Romero told this story. And I'm. It's gonna take me. Well, I could. I could. I could punch it in before Sunday because it's important. Film teaches us about us ourselves, and you know that came out in 1968. Think of what was going on in 1968. Vietnam War, uh, race riots, the draft hippies America was at a crossroads I think we've always it, history unfortunately repeats itself it's in one big circle and we don't learn from it 1968 is on record as the most violent year since uh, the Civil War and World War II historically the Democratic Convention in um, Chicago, the riots, the murder of Dr. King, Bobby Kennedy, so yeah. These films, they have a history. They show us these moments within a time that was very, very uh, fragile. The memories, the, the people, the energy, as we talk about the energy here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot there's a lot to talk about. 
Growing up, the films that scared me were the realistic ones. The It. Clowns. <laughs> Sharks. <sighs> yeah, Jaws. Beetlejuice never really scared me. Beetlejuice was just kind of... It was intriguing. It was intriguing to... Okay. There's a place on the other side. I think we're all intrigued by that. What happens? This this gravitational pull. This energy. Even, even Einstein... Einstein. I don't know if he was a an atheist but I know he believed in the energy so I'm, I'm sure he was aware of oh I'm leaving this this mortal coil I'm going to exist in another form beyond it and these films these films are going to exist for a long time you can watch them on YouTube you can watch them streaming you can physically purchase them they live within all of us I've been thinking about having more guests on the show and it's kind of difficult because everyone's busy and because I don't want to phone it in, you know, every time we have guests on, I want it to be important. I want it to be an event. People are stunned when I tell them that I do this every night. Really? The length, I'm trying to work on that because I do have some downtime throughout the day or morning where I can do like a 25 to 30 minute show rather than a 10 to 15 and I do that because many of you have commute times many of you yourselves have time in the morning or at night where it's just you it's just you and maybe your family or your partner or whatever and you're able to have these quiet moments and you're looking for something to listen to and I'm aware of my audience I, I was thinking about the naysayers and the haters and I try not to and I remember one time someone was intrigued by my show mainly because they wanted to hate on it and said oh how many followers do you have and I said I, uh, that's not why I record I do the show to talk about these films that intrigue me and these musical moments that intrigue me oh yeah because I guess it only like if you don't get the likes and if you don't get the mentions it doesn't matter you're nothing. And I disagree with that. I don't do this show to get a whole bunch of followers. I do this show because I love doing this show. I don't get paid to do this show. I do this show because I love doing this show. This is this is what I really enjoy doing. And I think within society, people only think it's important if you are paid, if you are acknowledged. And I totally disagree with that. And that's why I do this show. I do this show because it's it's therapy. It's therapeutic. And to talk about film and talk about music. And there's a lot of great music that goes beyond Halloween. I mean, you have Susie and the Banshees. They have that song, Halloween. I love Susie and the Banshees. And you want to talk about a sound that is timeless stripped down you know punk rock punk, the punk rock ethos I was watching the Velvet Underground the other day and 
There is a punk rock ethos to the Velvet Underground. Not a lot of bands can attest to that. So, yeah. Oh my god. See, it's been a long week. But I'm looking so forward to Halloween. I love chocolate and peanut butter. I collect skulls. Well, shot like crystal skulls, chakra skulls. Uh, par- you know, chakra pyramids. I believe in that energy. I totally do. A lot of people misconstrue it and misunderstand it and think, oh, that I'm doing these rituals, and that I'm evil. No, no, no. For energy itself is nor black nor white. It is energy. And it takes me to the movie The Craft where the the lady who is a natural witch says true magic is nor black nor white. It is kind and loving and cruel because that's how the world is. And and how, you know, if you, three times three and uh, energy and karma and cause and effect, cause and effect. It's all scientific. So those of you who see pictures of me and you, um, there's a candle or this and you misconstrue it and you misconstrue what I am showing you because I'm not a religious person. I am a spiritual person. And when I talk about films that there's a freedom to that and there's a freedom to the music and why we like the things that we like. Um, right now, I I just have the TV on mute. Sometimes I like to do that. I like to have it on mute, probably because I love silent films. I love to just okay, what get a feel for what's going on as I watch it. Right now, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is on. Donald Sutherland, hello, and uh, who else? Brooke Adams, who is married to Monk. I'm such a big fan. But to my Canadian audience, whom I love. I love my American audience and my international audience. And the LNC, though, most of them are Canadian. And Mr. Donald Sutherland, hello, is from New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah. Was given an honorary Oscar a couple of years ago. And, uh, but I also want to give some love to George A. Romero. Uh, you know, I was talking about. Night of the Living Dead at the beginning and what what a prolific filmmaker and and many people have ripped and tried to copy the Night of the Living Dead premise the first time I heard about Night of the Living Dead well we're gonna this is all about film this is about music and film and art but it makes me think of the first time I heard Night of the Living Dead or I heard about the title was um, from a from a prolific film that is iconic that I talked about earlier I, I hate when YouTube has these these really stupid ads. And I ever understand people want to get paid. Here we go. Guys are gonna do that weird sexual stuff. Do it here on the bedroom. 
hiding out in the attic. We're ghosts. What do you look like under there? Aren't you scared? I'm not scared of sheets. Are you gross under there? Are you Night of the Living Dead under there? Like all bloody veins and pus. Night of the what? Living Dead, it's a movie. You know, if I had seen a ghost at your age, I would have been scared out of my wits. You're not gross. Why are you wearing sheets? We're practicing. You can see us without the sheets. Of course I can see you. Well, how is that you see us and nobody else can? Well, I read through that handbook for the recently deceased. It says, live people ignore the strange and unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. You look like a regular girl to me. You read our book. Yeah. You could follow it. Yeah, why were you guys creeping around in Delia's bedroom? We were trying to scare your mother. Stepmother. Anyway, you can't scare her. She's sleeping with Prince Valium tonight. You did this? You carved all these little houses and things? Mm-hmm. And this used to be your house. Why do you want to scare everybody? Well, we wanted to frighten you so you would move out. You don't know the Dietzes very well. My father bought this place. He never walks away from equity. Why don't you leave? We can't. We haven't left the house since the funeral. Funeral. God, you guys really are dead. This is amazing. I better go. Wait, you know, I don't think it's a very good idea to tell your parents they're out here. Not unless you think it'll frighten them away. You tell them that we are horrible, desperate, ghoulish creatures and will stop at nothing to get our house back. What if this is a dream? Can you guys do any tricks to prove I'm not dreaming? Well, if you are a real ghost, you guys better get another routine because those sheets, they don't work. That is such an iconic film for me. Those of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, Beetlejuice is that moment. And I, I, I want to play for you. This is an interview that Beetlejuice himself, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton has done some really great films. He, of course, he played Batman. He did Birdman. But for me, he did Beetlejuice. And to hear him talk about how he put that look together, here we go. As I said, I, I wish I could do it. You seem like a really nice guy, and I, I know you're creative, but I don't know where you're, I don't get it. And he, and I got a phone call, said, would you talk to him again? And I liked him, so I thought, yeah, sure. And I, I said, explain more to me what you're trying to do. And when you see it, you understand why it was probably hard for him to explain. And I, I went home and I thought, wow. I just don't, I don't know, I like this guy. I'd like to figure out a way, and I thought, no, don't do it. I did, I met him again at a little Mexican restaurant down in Lincoln, and we talked and talked and talked, and I said, he said a couple of things that I just logged back here, and I said, you know what, give me the night, or two days, and I don't want to figure something, and I called uh, the wardrobe department, the studio was going to make it, because yes. he said something that made me think of something. And I said, send me a bunch of wardrobe from different time periods, <clears throat> randomly, just pick a rack. And he said something about, something else about he exists in all times and all spaces and then I thought of an idea of teeth and I thought of an idea of a walk and I, I knew it had to be energy and I said I don't know and I called him and said I got an idea 
and I don't know if it's gonna work or not. Uh, so let's just go do this thing. And here's the amazing part about it. He never saw any of it. We discussed it, and I said, I want, I want hair that looks like I stuck my phone in, a, in a, an electric outlet. And in the great V. Neal in the wardrobe, I said, I want mold, because Tim said he lives like in, under rocks and stuff. I said, I want mold somewhere. And she created this amazing, and then, so then I said, okay, and I showed up for work, and I walked on the stage, and I said, this is either gonna be way off the mark, or he's just gonna, I don't know what he's gonna do. He got it immediately, and, and he, you know, it's not like it was, way outside what he was talking about but it was and he he said yes that and let's do more of that and let's do more of that then it just became this unbelievably free see that's what an actor wants is to have the freedom okay i'm gonna i'm gonna create this character and yeah this is this is beetlejuice's moment in the film i love this film this will always be for me. It's a it's a classic. This is a masterpiece. I know you're thinking I'm nuts, but this is a Doctor Zeus film fucking podcast. I say we open it. Maybe we should knock first. Yeah, there you go. Ah, there you go. Like, 
peas in a pod, the three of us, let's face it, you want somebody out of the house, I want to get somebody out of your house. Come, look, we've been to Saturn. Hey, I've been to Saturn. Well, sandworms, you hate them, right? <laughs> I hate them myself. Come on, kids, what do I have to do to strike a deal with you two, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's Beetlejuice oh my god that film see what I mean see what I mean this is an iconic film okay and and the other thing about that is these are scenes that you will never forget never forget and when when he looks at you the way the way that Michael Keaton did that. Many of you are impressed with how he became Batman. I'm more impressed with how he became Beetlejuice. That's impressive to me because of everyone knows Batman, but nobody knows the, the ethos of Beetlejuice. Okay, and the other thing is you gotta say his name so many times. See what I mean? It's showtime. I have seen Beetlejuice. I've lost count how many times. I know it backwards, forwards, frontward. I mean, come on. Come on. If I was asked to write a book on the history of Beetlejuice, I would so do it. I, would, I love the film. I always get, you, you know, you watch these films over and over and then you think you still get trepidation when the Maitlands end up in that car crash. Or when certain things happen. You're like, oh my god. And Because it's still fresh. It's fresh every time. Directed by Michael... Or Michael Keaton. By Tim Burton. And I would be remiss if I don't mention... you. I mean, the cast. You've got Alec Baldwin. Gina Davis. Jeffrey Jones. Catherine O'Hara. Schitt's Creek. Winona Ryder. Of course, Michael Keaton. Today is Winona Ryder's birthday. Winona Ryder is 50, okay? I I don't know about you, but I grew up watching Winona Ryder films. I loved her films. She I, she was in Dracula. Come on. 
that's such a weird film. And when you have uh, the great Gary Oldman playing the Count, come on. It's just classic. And that's the beauty of these films. Is they live forever. They are moments that you'll never forget. And Beetlejuice is is one of those moments. And even though it's not a Halloween film, when I think of Winona Ryder, I think of, okay, How to Make an American Quilt, Girl Interrupted, and then, of course, Heathers. Those of you who don't know about Heathers, basically... Mean Girls is Heathers. That's basically the premise is Heathers. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was stolen. It was stolen. So those of you who think that Mean Girls is original, it's not original because that's called Heathers. Okay. I know a lot of my friends who love Heathers and swear or swear by Mean Girls. Heathers is more. It's, it's the superior film. I shouldn't say more. It's the better film. Oh my god, Mean Girls! Yeah, because of Lindsay Lohan. I don't give a flying fuck about her. I really don't. I hope she's doing well. That's all. But in terms of a a movie, no. Yeah. Halloween is all about that. And in 1992, we're going to jump. We're going to jump. This still scared the crap out of me. It still did. Francis Ford Coppola, Winona Ryder, Keanu Reeves, mm. Anthony Hopkins. Who else could play Van Helsink? And at, at the helm of it, as the count, is Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, who is now an Oscar winner for playing Winston Churchill. So brilliant. But Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman should have been nominated for playing the Count. This is such a dark, dark film. There's a lot going on in Dracula. Um, last year, I had the, the privilege to watch Nosferatu. And Nosfer, Nosferatu is such a classic and that and Bram Stoker's widow tried to block it and originally Nosferatu was going to be destroyed but it went in circulation as a cult film I am uh, recently arrived from abroad and I, I do not know your city it's a beautiful lady you may purchase a street address for sixpence good day I have offended you I'm only looking for the cinematograph. I understand it is a wonder of the civilized world. If you seek culture, then visit a museum. London is filled. Excuse me. A woman so lovely and intelligent should not be walking the streets of London without her gentleman. No, you, sir. Are you acquainted with my husband? Shall I call the police? Husband? I shall bother you no more. Sir, it is 
I was being rude. If you're looking... Please. Permit me to introduce myself. I am Prince Vlad of Sengai. Prince Nervous. I am your servant. And so I play that because Gary Oldman, talk about charisma, and that he's able to play this iconic, everyone has played Dracula. Bella Lugosi played Dracula. And Christopher Lee played Dracula. Christopher Lee's Dracula is iconic, and so is Gary Oldman's. It's right up there with Bella Lugosi. So that's from Dracula AD, released in 1972, almost 50 years ago. Shout out to Strombo. 1972 is his year. Tim Burton has listed this as one of his favorite films because of how it revived Dracula. Peter Cushing at the time was 59. Christopher Lee was 50. Christopher Lee, I, oh my God, as Dracula, and he had that voice. Just iconic. Now, I want to go back to the birthday girl herself. And there is a little bit maybe of Halloween in, uh, in Heathers. But first and foremost, this is an iconic film. Does 
Doesn't this cafeteria have an open bags allowed rule? Oh, yeah. They seem to have an open door policy for assholes, though, don't they? the school but date rapes and AIDS jokes. <laughs> and I think there was a time when I actually thought you were cool. It's just Heather, why can't we talk to different kinds of people? Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa? Oh my god. That is Here's the thing. Mean Girls is is I'm going to be I'm going to be a little mean here and i have to sometimes dr zeus film podcast because i want to be authentic there is nothing authentic about mean girls there is there's no realism to it it's just watered down glossed over there is a realism and surrealism to heathers the way she says that fuck me with a chainsaw okay and then the deaths the deaths in heathers so yeah, we could we could throw that along the lines of Halloween. Yeah. And and I will always say that Mean Girls ripped off this film and its premise. Because Heather's took it to a whole nother hilt and I remember when I discovered Heather's years ago and I thought wow I, I couldn't take my eyes off the film there's a lot of ridiculousness going on um yeah but that's why I love the film that's why I love the film it, it says so much to me it speaks so much um Yeah. Sometimes I'm at a loss for words with these films. That that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of why I do what I do. Is to talk about these films. These films that really they take us to another place. Some of them are dangerous and they're exciting. Such as Beetlejuice. There, there is such an iconography behind Beetlejuice. And, and Heathers. And Dracula. The Wicker Man. Oh, Christopher Lee is such an icon. Christopher Lee... You know, we talk about awards, didn't was never nominated for an Oscar, and and sometimes we just have to put that to rest. I love what Peter O'Toole said about the Oscars. He called them statues made of snow and that they melt. He was nominated eight times, never won. Peter O'Toole was probably one of our great actors from 
Lawrence of Arabia, Lion in Winter, Beckett. My favorite year. And then what's that other one? Uh, Goodbye, Mr. Chips. And then he did the, his last nomination was Venus. He was given an honorary Oscar. Sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not. But we shall ask Samuel L. Jackson because next year he's getting an honorary Oscar along with Liv Ullman. But beyond that, these icons continue to live in our minds. And you think of this... George Romero. George Romero didn't get an Oscar. But he is so iconic. He is so beloved. Within the film community. And that's what I do on this podcast. Is I want to shed light on films that people don't particularly watch. Such as Heather's. I'm sure... Many of my audience have never even heard of Heathers, but they've heard, they sure as hell have heard of Mean Girls. And I watched Mean Girls and I wasn't impressed. I was not impressed. That's just me. Maybe I had a little bit of haterade for Lindsay Lohan. It, I don't hate her. And what I, what it's funny is most of the films that she's done are remakes. The Parent Trap. I prefer the original. Freaky Friday, I prefer the original. Although I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Who doesn't love Jamie Lee Curtis? Talk about an icon. And and Halloween is her night. And on Halloween, we're going to talk about Jamie Lee Curtis. She has ties to the film that I to this town that I grew up in. Her mother Janet Lee as well. Both attended the University of the Pacific. Icons. Janet Lee, we know from Psycho. Jamie Lee Curtis, Halloween. In fact, I just saw Halloween Kills, and it and it lived up to the to the title of Kills. Yeah, it's gory. It's gory. But you can't you can't call it Halloween Kills if it's just got a few in the in the bucket. It. it I'm not going to ruin it for you, but at that point, that means that everyone's got to go. Everyone's got to become a piece of meat. For it to live up the title. That's like, you can't say, oh, it's a half off. No, you you need to give it a good deal. If there were a few kills and it's just called Halloween and then some. Okay. Yeah. It's it's such a fun time to dress up. I Tonight I watched with my niece and my nephew. We watched uh, the Charlie Brown Halloween. And then I played a little bit of the the Garfield one that kind of freaked him out. That freaked me out as a kid. Where Odie and Garfield and the pirates and the buried treasure. Oh yeah. I remember that. That kind of kept me up that night afterwards. I thought, okay. Alright. Um, and tonight we're doing a longer show. We're doing a longer show. That's my goal is to do these longer shows. You know. Uh, what I want to do is when when I have the downtime to just record them. Some people would say, oh, you don't need to record it every day because it, cause it takes too much off of, you know, it, it takes the value off of the show, you know, the quali- quantity versus quality. But these are quality shows. I don't take for granted what I'm doing when I record. I really don't. 
I know that some of you think that and some of you think, oh, well, he does a show every day and it's not like every few weeks. You know what? Those who do that, I more power to them, more power to them. First of all, I am such a fan of uh, shit happens when you party naked. That they could do a show every day, but they don't need to. They don't need to. They really don't. Shoot. I would I would help them. I would say, I'm going to be your producer. Let's do this. But see, I do it because like I said, this is this is this is therapy for me and I and it's got to be a daily thing. And I think because I started the ball off doing it a day I like I said when I first started this this podcast, now I sound like Barbara Walters. When I first started this show, I wanted to start it daily. I never had any intentions. Yeah. I first started this show on March 18th, 2018. I remember it. That's how I am with dates. I, I remember almost four years ago. And here we are. And I, I've lost count of how many episodes I've done. Sometimes I would do two a day. Yeah. Three a day. <laughs> I've talked about films as diverse as The Revenant, Cabaret. I've talked about concerts, music, you know. This, in fact, we are upon the 40th anniversary of Metallica. Metallica formed 40 years ago this month. Still going strong. I saw them at Aftershock. Such a great band. You think of the other bands out there who are younger than them. They don't have anything on Metallica. Metallica could still do it. They still practice every day when they're doing their tour. Mastodon, they said that. The guys of Mastodon, Mastodon is such a great band. And I was so impressed with them at Aftershock. They just released a, a double album called Hushed and Grim. It is iconic. But they learned they learned a thing or two from Metallica. Just as I learned a thing or two tonight watching Night of the Living Dead. George A. Romero, I don't know much about him, but I do know from in the LNC666, shout out, from watching George Strombolopoulos talk about being in a George A. Romero film and then his interview with him. I can't remember... George has talked about he watched Night of the Living Dead at a library when he was really young. And I just watched it tonight. I'd never seen it before. I've always heard about it. Like that Beetlejuice clip that I played for you where Lydia, Winona Ryder, says Night of the Living Dead. That's the first time I ever heard about it. And I never watched it because that's 1988 and I'm a kid. Was it, 80? it was 88. And I wasn't allowed to watch it. But I was allowed to watch Beetlejuice. Come on. Handbook for the Recently Deceased. <laughs> these films, these films live within us. Just as these bands that make these albums. I It goes all the way to Ozzy Osbourne talking about Black Sabbath. Black, The whole premise of Black Sabbath. You know, originally it was a blues band. And Ozzy was like, Hey people, you, know, you pay all this fucking money to go get scared at the movies. Listen to my music with scared fucking people. And so that's what they did. And that's why Black Sabbath, (laughs) 
it lives up to the name. <laughs> yeah. I am so elated to be doing this show nightly. I am aware that I have an audience. I am aware that people are listening. If I if this was more video, I would be aware that people are watching. People have said to me, why don't you do a video podcast? Here's why. I like listening to the radio. I don't always need to see people, but I like listening to it. It's like Howard Stern. Yeah, he has the video and you can watch the show of the video clips of him. But hearing him on the radio and you're and you're doing your morning commute or you're on a drive or you're on a walk, you can't just sit there and look at it. You you listen to it. You're listening to these stories being told. And that's why I do this show, the Dr. Zeus film podcast. See, I'm giving you 50 minutes. Yeah. 50 minutes tonight. And who knows, maybe that may be the new time slot for this show in terms of 50 minutes. Because sometimes I feel that I have a lot more to say. And also, if I'm pressed for time, and I'm trying to work on that, time management. I learned that in college. And also working at the library for the college years ago at my alma mater, um, Humphreys University. And we would always stress about time management. You know, you would say, okay, it's nine o'clock. You've got this much time. And then we close, use your time management, finish your work or put a, put a pin on it. And then you can finish it tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm working on that for the Dr. Seuss film podcast. I'm also watching some doctor who I have it on mute right now. And it journey to the center of the TARDIS. Yeah. Matt Smith. And, um, who, who played Clara? She was so good. Jenna Louise Coleman, who was also Victoria. Yeah. But that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Um, dedicated. This show is dedicated to George A. Romero. Thank you for the Night of the Living Dead for giving us these iconic moments to think about. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs>